This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg, reporting from the state capitol in Tallahassee. Today on Sunrise, the governor plucks victory from the jaws of defeat after his own party announced they were postponing a big fundraising dinner. It's back on. Ron DeSantis, meanwhile, asking state lawmakers to pass a bill requiring private employers in Florida to use the federal e-verify system to screen all new hires and make sure they're in this country legally. But some of the biggest industries in Florida are gearing up to stop it. Last week, the governor said he supports a new law that would allow college athletes to ignore NCAA regulations and make money off their own images and likenesses. But that law may not be needed because the NCAA has read the writing on the wall. Florida's attorney general wants lawmakers to crack down on vaping. Ashley Moody says it's showing up in elementary schools now, and she wants new laws to stop companies from marketing to kids. That's at a very minimum. We'll also check out your calendar of events on the political scene. And as always, we'll close out today's show with the latest installment of The Adventures of Florida Man. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, October 30th. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes, the Statesman's Dinner, sponsored by the Republican Party of Florida, is reborn. On Monday, the party decided to postpone the annual fundraiser. It was a huge embarrassment. They couldn't get a high-profile guest speaker. They were having trouble selling some of those high-priced seats. But 24 hours later, Governor Ron DeSantis announced they were back in business. I can announce today that on uh, December 7th, uh, the Republican Party of Florida is going to have its annual Statesman's Dinner. And the keynote speaker for that statesman's dinner will be the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. And I think that it will be uh, one of the most successful statesman's dinners we've ever had. The governor's announcement caught just about everyone off guard, including the president of the Florida Senate, Bill Galvano. Yeah, that was an announcement of first impression for for me as well this this morning. Um, I had planned to attend the the, uh, statesman's dinner at its re, the previous date, and I'll see where, where I am going forward. But it sounds like it, it should be a robust fundraising dinner. Last year's dinner raised half a million bucks for the Florida GOP. They hope to do even better this time around. Now, it's been rescheduled for December 7th, the day that will live in infamy. It's the anniversary of the sneak attack on Pearl Harbor that pulled America into World War II. And it should be interesting to see just what sort of bombs the president drops during the statesman's dinner. Governor DeSantis will be following the Donald Trump playbook as he tries once again to pass a new law requiring private businesses to run all their new hires through the E-Verify database. It's used by the Department of Homeland Security to make sure new employees are in the country legally. I think the best way to um, help deter illegal immigration um, is to pursue E-Verify. So we are going to be doing that. um, And I think that that will end up saving taxpayers uh, money. And and obviously, um, it'll be a deterrent for people to come, come illegally. E-Verify is a priority for the governor and the president, so it should be a slam dunk in the legislature, which is controlled by the GOP, right? Well, not exactly. Senate President Bill Galvano says it's complicated. E-Verify, as you accurately point out, is a a difficult issue for the legislature. I I can make arguments on both sides of of, uh, requiring the uh, E-Verification. It has been referred to committee. We have uh, uh, a couple of, of well-heeled sponsors that have put forth the, the bill, and I expect that there will be a, a robust debate. But uh, the case is going to have to be made before it passes, and it's not guaranteed. 
One reason for that opposition is the farm economy. Many farmers depend on undocumented workers to harvest their crops, and Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed says E-Verify would be one more burden, especially for small farmers. The E-Verify bill was a problem last year, will be a problem this year. It was the same issues that I, I stood up for against the Sanctuary Cities bill. Um, and what E-Verify does is it really puts, especially from some of our smaller farmers who don't have huge operations, it is a, a burden on them to be able to operate their businesses. So of course, everybody wants to follow the laws, everybody wants to make sure that the people that are working, and it's not just agriculture community, that's our, our, our retail, our restaurant and hotel lodging, it's across the board for any of these industries. Um, so I'm very concerned about the E-Verify bill and what that could potentially do uh, to our smaller farmers. And, and creating these additional paperwork and burden on, on their everyday concerns. It's not just the farmers who oppose E-Verify. The tourism and construction sectors rely heavily on undocumented workers, and they've blocked this bill every time it's been proposed. The NCAA Board of Governors has taken the first step toward allowing athletes to cash in on their fame. The board has voted unanimously to clear the way for amateur athletes to, quote, benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness. That decision came less than a week after Governor Ron DeSantis announced he was supporting a bipartisan bill in the state legislature to allow college athletes to make money by marketing themselves. You know, another thing we recently got behind, which I think is going to have legs, is this uh, issue with the college athletes, uh, the, the image and likeness. Um, someone can just sell their, their jersey, they can do this, and there's no other part of college where they could use your name, image, and likeness without your consent or without you being able to share in that. So I think that there's a way forward for that, and I think we've gotten good bipartisan uh, support for that. Current NCAA rules block athletes from making money off their likeness, such as charging fans for autographs. And in 2017, a kicker from the University of Central Florida was declared ineligible because he was making money off his YouTube channel. Florida's Attorney General is calling on state lawmakers to approve a series of new restrictions on vaping and other forms of e-cigarettes. There's a mysterious lung illness that's been linked to vaping, and at last count there were 70 cases in Florida, including one fatality. But Ashley Moody says that's really not the issue this time. Her big concern is the impact of vaping on children. In addition to being the Attorney General, I am also a mother. And I have a young son still at home in elementary school. And recognizing after talking with other mothers, and hearing from other kids that vaping products had already made their way down into elementary schools. I began this year by touring the state and talking to principals and educators, coaches, school administrators, law enforcement that were encountering these devices for kids that should not have them legally, and state leaders to address how this has happened. And what I learned was astounding. One in four high school students now admits to vaping, but if you talk to the students one-on-one -on -one and get them to put their phones down for a moment, they'll tell you more than that are vaping. And the scary statistic is that two-thirds of young people have no idea these devices contain nicotine. And if you talk to the school nurses, they'll tell you about times when kids were rushed to the hospital with nicotine poisoning, or somebody put something in their vaping device, they didn't know what it was, and they had a horrible frightening medical emergency as a result. Moody says what's happening now with vaping is very much like the campaigns Big Tobacco used to run to get kids to start smoking. When we discovered and looked at some online marketing techniques and some ads, we realized that this may have been intentional. And I refuse as a mother and as attorney general to sit on my hands and watch while the next generation becomes addicted to nicotine. 
I decided to look further into whether or not our children were being directly targeted. And so I launched an investigation into over 20 vaping companies that do business in the state of Florida to determine whether they are using age verification processes, whether they are directly targeting minors. It has become clear to me that at a minimum, we must have further action by the legislature to protect our children. At a minimum, we need to be looking at whether flavors in vaping products should be allowed in the state of Florida. Cotton candy, bubble gum, Captain Crunch are all flavors that are used. And studies have shown it is what primarily attracts children to this habit. Vaping is illegal for minors in Florida, but Moody says the laws are confusing and sometimes contradictory, so she wants the legislature to crack down. We have to make sure that companies that are selling these products are ensuring that it is sold to those that are legal, that it's not children. And so there should be a two-factor verification process of age, both point of sale and point of delivery. We need to make sure we have sufficient marketing resources in place for tobacco-free Florida to do a campaign. We saw the success with smoking traditional combustibles. It can be replicated. Our legislature just needs to make sure the funding is there. We also need to better coordinate our response by law enforcement. At this time, there are conflicting statutes as to how law enforcement is supposed to respond when they find children illegally in possession of these devices. And probably not surprising to you, None of these, whether it's community service or a fine, include an educational component of the dangers of vaping and nicotine to the developing juvenile mind. At a minimum, there needs to be a consistent response and it should include education that lets children know and their parents about the dangers of vaping, especially to juveniles and the developing brain. And finally, I believe the legislature should be clear. Absolutely no targeting of minors in advertising or marketing. There should be an explicit direction from our legislature to companies preventing them from targeting our minors. Vaping is not her only concern when it comes to substance abuse. Moody also plans a continued focus on the opioid crisis during the upcoming legislative session. It's killing an average of 17 Floridians every day. On the political agenda today, the State University System's Board of Governors will take up a series of budget and funding issues. The committees meet starting at 8.30 in the morning. The full board convenes at 4. That's at the University of Florida in Gainesville. The Lee County Legislative Delegation will meet as it prepares for the 2020 session. That's at 9 a.m. at Florida Southwest State College in Fort Myers. Meanwhile, the Collier County Legislative Delegation also meeting at 9. That's at North Collier Regional Park in Naples. The Florida Education Association will continue a bus tour focused on calling for increased education funding. They'll be at Bell Elementary in Bell, Southside Elementary in Stark, and the Alachua County Education Association in Gainesville. The Southwest Central Connector Task Force will be meeting to review a proposed toll road from Polk to Collier Counties. The meeting starts at 10 at Polk State College in Lakeland. Senator Randolph Bracey and Orlando State Attorney Aramis Ayala will hold a news conference today to discuss a bill that would prevent young children from being arrested except in extreme circumstances. That conference starts at 11 in the Orange County Courthouse. 
The state's Restoration of Voting Rights Work Group meets at 2 p.m. in the Knott Building across the street from the state capitol. They're still trying to figure out a constitutional amendment that restored voting rights to felons who completed the terms of their sentences. And Susan McManus, a longtime political science professor at the University of South Florida, will speak about political trends and the 2020 elections during a dinner meeting of the Tiger Bay Club of Southwest Florida. It starts at 545 in Fort Myers. And time now for the new adventures of Florida Man and his brand new sidekick, Florida Girl. Deputies in Collier County say a 14-year-old Florida girl walked up to a man who was dressed as Donald Trump and punched him in the jaw while her friends recorded it. The man and his family were standing in line at the haunted house exhibit at the Collier County Fairgrounds when the girl slugged him. He told deputies she laughed and then ran back to her place in line with four other kids. She's been charged with battery and deputies have all the evidence they need because the whole thing was recorded and posted on Instagram. And police in Fort Pierce say a 26-year-old Florida man who was pulled over for running a red light threw some weed out his window. They found a clear plastic bag with a green leafy substance inside, but the man told them it wasn't his and what they had seen him throw out the window was actually chicken bones. The arresting officer was suspicious because there wasn't a trace of grease on the driver's fingers. It seems to have worked, though. He was jailed on a charge of fleeing and eluding officers, not drugs. And that's it for this edition of Sunrise. Back again tomorrow with a fresh batch of bull from the Capitol. I'm Rick Flagg reporting for Florida Politics.